gentlemen for joining us for another edition of the Free Exchange of Ideas with Donovan and John. We are here to help you out. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming back to another edition of the Free Exchange of Ideas with Donovan and John. We uh, are going to talk about Mars today. And there's, I mean, there's so much going on just now, but there's so much uh, background that we want to get into first. We'll, we'll talk about what NASA's plans are. Uh, we'll talk about this latest thing with uh, China landing on Mars and getting some pretty nice pictures. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk about ingenuity and... Uh, Perseverance. Yeah. We'll talk about both of those. And we're going to talk about... We're going to go all the way back to the beginning for Mars. We're going to do some <laughs> geological stuff. And we'll just keep on going from there, okay? So... I'm gonna let Donovan start out. He has all the all the geological knowledge that either one of us could afford. <laughs> Thank you. you. <clears throat> yeah, one of the things that just fascinates me with Mars and the whole reason why we're going is if you look back in history, geological history of Mars, is there was at one point water on Mars, uh, which means there's the possibility that there could have been life on Mars and it was a blue planet in our sky at one point in our history um, for the dinosaurs, I guess. But uh, to me, it was just fascinating to learn about it. Uh, so I'll, I'll hop into it really quick. Um, there's two different time scales. I'm going to talk about both of them really quick. Uh, the first one is the crater density time scale, and that's the study of impact craters. Uh, impact crater densities on the Martian surface, and they, they're uh, delineated into four broad periods of the planet's history. Um, See, the periods are named after places on Mars that have large-scale surface features, such as large craters, widespread lava flows, or widespread lava flows that date back to those time periods. The absolute ages given here are only approximate from oldest to youngest. The time periods are, first one is the pre-Noachian, represents the interval from the accretion and different differentiation of the planet of about 4.5 billion years ago to the formation of the Hellas impact. Uh, basin, which was between 4.1 and 8.8 uh, billion years ago. Most of the geologic record of this interval has been erased by subsequent erosion and high impact, crate and high impact rates. Uh, the crustal dichotomy is thought to have formed during this time, along with the Argyre, Argyre and Isidus basins. Make sure I get those right. <clears throat> Uh, the second period is the Noachian period, named after Noachus Terra, the formation of the oldest extant surfaces of Mars between 4.1 and 3.7 billion years ago. The Noachian age surfaces are scarred by many large impact craters. The Tharsis bulge is thought to have formed during the Noachian, along with extensive erosion by liquid water producing river valley networks. Large lakes and oceans may have also been present during this period. Can you pause for just a second? You talked about a bulge? Do they kind of explain that? Is that just like where uh, the, the planet the is bulging? Bulge, uh, uh, the Tharsis Montes are the three aligned volcanoes. Um, Olympus Mons sits off to the northwest. Oh, okay. Oval feature, right. Alba Mons, a canyon system, Valles Marineris stretches eastward. Tharsis uh, stretches eastward from Tharsis. From its vicinity, outflow channels that once carried floodwaters extend north. So. Um, it's volcanic. Period. <laughs> Named after Hesperia Planum, 3.7 billion years ago to 3 billion years ago, marked by the formation of extensive lava plains. The formation of Olympus Mons probably began during this period. Catastrophic releases of water carved extensive outflow channels around Crisae Planitia and elsewhere. Ephemeral lakes or seas may have formed in the northern lowlands as well. 
And then the fourth and last period is called the Amazonian period, named after Amazonas Planitia. Three billion years ago to present, uh, Amazonian regions have few meteorite impact craters, but are otherwise quite varied. Lava flows, glacial, periglacial activity, and minor releases of liquid water continue during this period. Cool. So, and uh, um, really quick, uh, we'll talk about the the newer one. It's called the Mineral Alteration Timescale. It, it was in 2006. Okay. Uh, researchers were using data from the Omega Visible and Infrared Mineralogical Mapping Spectrometer on board the Mars Express. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Um, but uh, they proposed an alternative Martian timescale based on the predominant type of mineral alteration that occurred on Mars due to different styles of chemical weathering on the plant during the planet's past. Uh, they proposed dividing the history of the Mar of Mars into three eras: the Phylocene, the Theicene, and the Siderocene. Uh, the Phylocene named after phyllosilicate or clay minerals that characterized the era lasted from the formation of the planet until around the early Noachian, about 4 billion years ago. Um, <clears throat> Omega identified outcropping of phyllosilicates of numerous locations on Mars, all in rocks that were exclusively pre-Noachian or Noachian in age. Most notably in rock exposure was the Nilifase and Marth Vallis. Um, phyllosilicates are, require water-rich alkaline environment to form. The Phylocene era correlates with the age of valley network formation on Mars, suggesting an early climate that was conducive to the presence of abundant surface water. It is thought that deposits from this area are the best candidates in which to search for evidence of life on Mars, past life on Mars. Um, cool. The next two are super short. The Theikian, named after the sulfur, named after sulfurous in Greek. The sulfate minerals that were formed lasted until about 3.5 billion years ago. It was an era of extensive uh, volcanism, which released large amounts of sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere. The sulfur dioxide combined with water to create sulfuric acid-rich environment that allowed the formation of hydrated sulfates, notably kisserite and gypsum. And then the last is a cider, ciderican, uh, named after iron in Greek, uh, for the iron oxides that formed, lasted 3.5 billion years ago to the present. With the decline of volcanism and available water, the most notable surface weathering process has been the slow oxidation of the iron-rich rocks by the atmospheric peroxides, producing the red iron oxides that give the planet its color. So I find that all to be pretty fascinating. And why we're going to Mars is uh, uh, to find out what happened there. Right. Um, I think basically comes down to the planet was just too little. Uh, for things that I read, and so um, just couldn't couldn't keep couldn't keep the atmosphere and everything like that. Uh, we oh. were just we got lucky and we're just the right size. So um, iron core or a warm iron core on Mars too that I was reading. So it's pretty fascinating to, to see what went wrong with our with our sister planet there. So uh, yeah, that's all I got, yeah. man. So <laughs> all right, boom, so you're next. Yeah, so he, so Donovan talked about the geologic history of Mars, which is just fascinating to me. But I am next, home. <laughs> we're going to talk about all the missions that were going to Mars that I'm going to quote going to Mars. A lot of them didn't make it off the platform. Uh, a lot of them didn't hit the planet, which I find <laughs> difficult to understand. But so, like, and, and amazingly enough, we were trying to, well, not we, but as a planet, we were trying to do this as early as 1960. One of the first things that was done uh, was by the Russians. 1.2 uh, 
colon, Mars M1M number one and Mars 1M number two, October 10th and October 14th, 1960. Uh, both were destroyed on launch. But I mean, they're making an effort in 1960. This is like three or four years after Sputnik. That's impressive. Uh, and then let's see who is next. Oh, Russians again, uh, three, four, five, and eight. Uh, Mars 2MV4, number one, Mars 1. Mars 2MV3, number one, and Zond, Z-O-N-D, number two. October 24, November 1, November 4, uh, 1962, and November 30, 1964, broke up in, all four of these broke up in Earth's atmosphere, or Earth orbit, uh, radio, uh, radio failure en route, stranded in Earth orbit. I don't know how you get stranded there. Eventually, you're going to fall back, I would think. And <laughs> one was radio failure en route. So those... Uh, was it one, two, three, four, five? And the first two were complete failures, unfortunately. Um, and then the United States took a shot. Uh, six and seven, Mariner three and Mariner four, November five and November 28, 1964. Uh, there was a payload fairing failed to open. Mariner three, yeah. Yeah, Mariner three. So, and then Mariner four was the first flyby and picture return. So it's on its way out still, which is pretty awesome. USA, I'm, I'm really USA. impressed with USA. <laughs> they're still going and they're taking pictures of planets and the last one Voyager to take a picture of the solar system as it was exiting. Very cool stuff. Uh, but to get back to this, I apologize. The next next folks to try again were the Russians again. And that was uh, 11 and 12, Mars 1969A and Mars 1969B, March 27 and April 2, 1969. Both were destroyed during launch. So Boom. That was bad. And then we tried again, 13 and 17, Mariner 8, Mariner 9, May 8 and May 30, 1971. Uh, <clears throat> Mariner 8 was destroyed on launch or during launch. And Mariner 9 was the first probe to orbit Mars. So this is the first one to see the entire planet and for us to see the entire planet. And then the Russians again, <clears throat> 14, 15 and 16, Cosmos 419. Mars 2 and Mars 3, May 10, May 19, and May 28, 1971. So they're boom, 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 just trying to get them launched. Uh, one failed to make Earth orbit, one lander crashed, and the other lander failed for reasons unknown. Uh, they also tried again, 18, 19, 20, and 21. This is Mars 4, Mars 5, Mars 6, and Mars 7. <laughs> they missed planet 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> July 21, July 25, August 5, and August 9, 1973. So, I mean, they're, they're making efforts. But, yeah, the first one missed the planet. The second one, so Mars 4 missed the planet. Mars 5 orbited the planet. And Mars 6 and 7, the lander failed. So, I'm guessing these went, yep, yep, and turned it apart. Didn't miss the planet. Didn't miss the planet at all, no. Uh, and then uh, United States again. 22 and 23, which is Viking 1 and Viking 2. These are these are uh, really the pinnacle for us at that time, I think. Uh, August 20 and September 9, 1975, both landers and orbited and orbiters returned data, which is stuff we didn't have. And this is kind of the first NASA thing I ever remember as a child, kind of seeing on the news. Right, um, right. When I was a kid, so 75, so 
Uh, that was kind of like that was kind of like my first introduction to NASA. Was the the Viking? I remember watching it, seeing it on TV. Yeah, right. I'm sure my parents were the, the there. <laughs> I was like, I was watching the news. <laughs> yeah, and seeing the pictures that came back from that were just yeah. amazing. So then next, yeah. the Russians again, 24 and 25. That's Phobos one and Phobos two, uh, July 7 and July 12, 1988. So from 75 to 88. A long time. Yeah, yeah. nobody did anything. Uh, so <laughs> Phobos weapons one. <laughs> oh, it looks like okay. So Phobos one lost communications en route. I don't know how far they got away from Earth. The second one, Phobos two, lost communications near Phobos. So they don't know if it landed or it crashed or it just kept going, which is a real possibility. We got a couple of those in this list. Uh, 26, Mars Observer. This is the United States again, September 25, 1992. So from 88 to 92, not much going on probably just trying to really gather more information so we knew what we're doing better. Uh, and that was uh, September 25, 92. Like I said, they lost communications near Mars. I don't know if that means it burned up or again, missed the planet. That's a possibility. Um, again, the United States again, 27. Uh, Mars Global Surveyor, November 7, 1996. Uh, successful orbited, mission. Yeah, that was a successful mission, orbited and returned data. Which I think, and that's where we were going at this point. I think a lander was, you know, out there. We actually got one on the ground, but we're getting more information from the orbiters really at this point. Uh, again, 27, Mars Global Surveyor, November 7, 1996, orbited return data. And then, is this, is that the French? That's French. That's French. Yeah. It's French. Yeah. Mars 96. Mars 96. Uh, yeah. Mars 96. November 16, 1996, destroyed during launch. So, boom. Uh, they're really good at blowing up stuff. And again, the, uh, the United States, 29. Uh, so these are like in order that they went. So 29 would be, it's the 29th mission to Mars from this planet. Uh, that's Pathfinder. December 4, 1996, landed in Aries Valles, uh, deployed Sojourner Rover. Um, number 30 is Nozomi from Japan, July 4, 1998. They missed the planet. Okay. Oh. I just want to let that sink in for a second. They missed <laughs> an entire planet. Well, the Russian one, too. There was one of the Russian ones missed the planet, too, you said. Yeah. Well, I figured the, the Japanese didn't use the same map, so. <laughs> and then, me, uh, me, and John were me and John were joking about this. It was like, you can hire the two of us. I was like, I guarantee you we won't miss the planet, but we could sure as hell crash a, we could crash a probe into the planet for nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can do that all day long. Uh, so the next, the next mission after that was from, the, again, the United States. That was Mars Climate Orbiter. Uh, destroyed during orbit insertion. So I'm guessing it just got in at a bad angle and it whoosh, turned into flame. Um, so now we're at, at about the six o'clock mark. On I'm going to show you this graphic in a second, but I'm gonna, it's I'm a great. Gonna, never gonna actually um, that I found. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that you found it. and yeah. It, it is a great graphic. You're going to love this thing. But uh, the 32nd yeah. mission to Mars was the Mars Polar Lander Deep Space Two. From the United States, January 3, 1999, it crashed on the surface. I don't, that's not the one that they they did meters versus feet, right? That might have been that one. Might that have been, might have been that one. I remember it was, was in the 90s. And that was just bad. Um, yeah. And then 33 is the United States again, <clears throat> Mars Odyssey, April 7, 2001, is currently orbiting Mars. Uh, number 34 from ESA, which is the European Space Agency. Uh, 34, the Mars Express Beagle 2 lander. June 2, 2003, uh, it is, uh, the orbiter is orbiting Mars, but they lost 
communications after separation. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what they know. But about the, yeah, but the express is still active too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think That's the lander just kind of quit talking. Um, 35 and 36, again, the United States, uh, Mars Exploration Rovers Opportunity and Spirit, July 7 and July 10, 2003. Uh, did it again. Right, so Opportunity was dropped in the Meridiani Planum and Spirit was dropped in Gusev Crater. Uh, I think that one is near the um, polar ice cap. I'm not positive, uh, so don't quote me on that. I'm sure I'll get some science geek that will tell me I'm a complete idiot. But. Remember how sad it was when they stopped working? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So 37, United States again. Uh, this is the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. Is uh, That was August 12, 2005. Is currently orbiting Mars. Um, yeah. 38 is, again, United States, called the Phoenix. Uh, August 4, 2007, landed at Northern Polar Region and return data. So it's static uh, data sender. It doesn't, it's not a rover. So France and China did one at 39. Phobos Grunt, G-R-U-N-T, and Ying Hao one. That's November 8, 2011. They are stranded in Earth orbit. Uh, <laughs> number 40, again, the United States, Mars Science Laboratory, Curiosity. Uh, November 26, 2011, it is currently exploring the Gale Crater. Uh, if it's still alive that was yeah, still did it send some pictures back you didn't see that oh did it recently, recently? Oh, cool. power, that, that mission's still going going that's what i was talking oh. about earlier it's been 11 almost 10 years ago 41 is that spain or is that that's india that's the, the mars orbiter mission so that one's still active as well <laughs> thank you yeah that's november 5 2013 orbit and still orbiting mars like you said um next is the united states again 42 is the maven uh, it is orbiting Mars. That was on November 18, 2013. And then we're back to ESA, which is the European Space Agency. Uh, that's 43. ExoMars, TGO, and Chirapareli. I, I probably butchered that, and I apologize. Uh, it's March 14, 2016, orbiting Mars, crash landed. That's not an unusual thing, unfortunately, but uh, still we're doing better than, than we probably had any right to believe. Uh, the United States, again, number 44, InSight, May 5, 2018, landed at Elysium Polynesia. That is a cool-looking one right there. And then this one is, I don't recognize this flag, and I apologize. That's the United Emirates. That's the United Emirates, okay. The Hope, Hope, um, the Hope Probe. Yeah, the Hope Probe, uh, July 19, 2020, orbiter. so just last year. Uh, yep. It's an orbiter. And, and it's, it's, active. Orbiter. it's active, too. Yeah, it's currently orbiting Mars, and, and I imagine sending back some great information. Uh, the last one here. Number 46 is Tianwen, number one, July 23, 2020, orbiting Mars rover landing to come. That And actually, they landed that rover. This is China, by the way. I don't know if I said Zhurong yeah. one. Oh, yeah. They didn't name the rover. They just said uh, yeah. rover landing to come. So, yeah, but that one has landed. It's taken pictures, yeah. and they look fantastic. We'll show you that later as well. And then uh, number 47 is Perseverance, July 30, 2020, exploring the Jezero crater. Perseverance is the one that came with or the Ingenuity road on yes yeah so and ingenuity is the little chopper the little helicopter yeah gyrocopter. it's a drone basically uh, <laughs> had their 12th flight and uh they're getting up there to where they want it to do all the work in the dirt in this big crater that they believe is where they'll find proof of life so that's all of them that's 47 missions if you mm -hmm. count the chinese mission lander as a secondary mission 
And that's 48 missions to Mars from 1960 to 2020. So 60 years, we've been trying to figure out this planet, but I think we are so much closer than we ever have been. Oh yeah, and then there's another graphic here that I wanna run. Uh, uh, the Tianwen number one, there's a graphic right on top of the planet of Mars, Perseverance, Insight, Curiosity, yeah. Phoenix, Spirit and Opportunity, Pathfinder and Sojourner, Viking one and two. These are the ones that are still on the planet. Said that this, <laughs> is the, this is the only planet that is populated by robots. <laughs> it will be down in the description below. I want you to see this. This is, I, I think- It's really cool. This shows- It's a good graphic. It's a good graphic. graphic, but it also shows the desire by scientists to just see if there is something else out there to um, try and get us there. I will be going. I'm short and fat, old, but Donovan a good is look, great shape. A good looking. <laughs> I love Donovan for saying that. I'm not, but I appreciate it. Donovan, uh, what do you got up next? Uh, the one thing I want to talk about that I, I didn't pull up any, but I remember reading about it and they're, they're developing uh, ingenuity was that there, you know, the issues of, you know, they're testing it here on earth or there's heavier, you know, the atmosphere and everything here. And they're trying to figure out like, how is it going to fly there? Oh, right. The atmosphere is not as hit. Yeah. So it was interesting to see how they did all that stuff. And, and I mean, really quite stunned that it worked and is working and they've been getting it to fly as good as they have been. Cause it's been, I mean, it's kind of tough, you know, we, we can, we can do a few things here on earth um like climate and stuff like that and even cold um but you can't really do the atmosphere so <laughs> it's interesting this um i mean that's not that's something that would have been i would have been awful and i'm not good at stuff like that i would i would have been just beating my head against the wall probably um but uh yeah i remember i remember seeing reading up on that and when they were just developing it developing it and how they were trying to get it to fly and everything like that so it was neat to see how the ingenuity was going to be uh was going to work and you know if it was going to work so i like i like that um let me see here and then the other thing was talk about and we talked about this so this is uh, was john was talking about just a minute ago we talked about this last time too. Is that you're asking? And I didn't. It's something that didn't come up with, and I didn't even know it. What is it here? The length of a day on Mars. Mars, a day lasts 24 hours, 37 minutes, and 22 seconds. A Mar, yeah, it's twice almost twice as long. 686.98 Earth days is a Mars right. year. And then we're talking. I was talking about earlier too about you know the Mars has a radius of 2,106 miles. It's smaller than Earth's <laughs> diameter. Yeah, so it's a small planet. So, you know, that it even had an atmosphere or a heavier atmosphere and water for millions of years is pretty, pretty fascinating. And um, a hot core, too, which is, um, you know, volcanic. It's, not, it's not, not volcanic anymore, but we did learn to have Mars quakes. I'll start with current and all the way down. Um, okay. Perseverance is there a crater, uh, which is apparently used to be uh, maybe a, a large lake or a sea. Um, Tianwen One is at Utopia Planitia. Are you Star Trek fans out there? Exactly. Uh, Curiosity is at Gale Crater. Um, uh, Spirit is at Gusev Crater. Insight is at Elysium Planitia. Viking Two is also at Utopia Planitia. It looks like they're across the valley. Across the, the valley from there. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, see here, uh, Pathfinder and Sojourner and Ares Vallis and opportunities at Eagle Crater um, and Viking one at Chris St. Planitia is, um, as uh, 
John was talking about earlier. Uh, but here on the graphic, they got they got the map up of where they are on Mars uh, to compared to each other. So it's pretty pretty fascinating to see all that. That's a very um, cool graphic. I think you guys will really enjoy that. But yeah, was, you know, one of the things too that fascinates me with Mars is not only the United States and the Russians have put a lot of effort into going to Mars, uh, but now that the, the European Space Agency is active now and is there, um, India's got an active orbiter, the UAE has an active orbiter, China, orbiter and a lander, uh, the, uh, excuse me, rover, they got the rover and the orbiter, and Japan's talking about going to Phobos and bringing samples as well uh, here in the next, uh, what is it, they said 2000, uh, 2029, right? So few years right. out. Um, I think that's going to be fascinating yeah. though, because Phobos, they think Phobos is just, because it's so small, they think it's just an asteroid that's caught in the gravitational well of Mars. But they want to go to it because it's it's a rock. It's it's not active like... Uh, Helios. Helios. Which is very active. It looks very volcanic and uh, actively volcanic. Nobody's really going to that one right now because we don't have anything that'll survive it very long. A couple of things did flybys, but that was about it, right? I think so. Uh, back in the day, the meals, yeah, yeah, way back. But the, but the the one thing is that the Japanese uh, want to go is that it was uh they think there was um like it's so close to the planet there's like Mars dust on Phobos so Whoa. that's a yeah because of the the atmosphere is not very strong and stuff like that so that's kind of what they're looking at it's uh, it'll be interesting to see all that and they're going to probably be the first ones to do that but we'll wait and see the Chinese don't want to bring back samples. And the U.S. is planning, uh, currently, um, Perseverance has got samples or will be collecting samples that we are, are planning a mission to go and collect those from Perseverance and then fly them back to the U.S. as well. Um, but also kudos to Japan, because last year they also brought back the first country to bring back samples from an asteroid. Um, so they did that already. So they're kind of a step ahead of everyone else. They've kind of already done that. It's very cool. Also, I think... I Ryugu, Ryugu, that's it. Ryugu, capital R, Y U G U. Okay. So, uh, okay. Ryugu. About a kilometer, kilometer in diameter. It's what? Bobos is a kilometer in diameter. No, no, no. Ryugu. This is the asteroid that they already went oh. to and brought back samples just last year in December. So kudos to Japan for doing that. Uh, first okay. ones to do that. So well, other than the moon, we brought back samples from the moon. So, uh, but. Give it, uh, it to the Japanese to land on the smallest part of the planet. <laughs> they didn't miss it. <laughs> Hopefully they won't miss it this time. Um, I, I, we just find this stuff so fascinating. And really, for the Chinese, this is one of their first, I think, first 10 missions. They did one just last year, Dark Side of the Moon. Nobody's done mm. that. So that's a, I mean, yeah. that's not a bad move. I think that Mars is going to become a jumping off point for mining companies to go to uh, the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, because they know there's all kinds of uh, minerals and stuff there that that we need or can use. You know, it's going to be real expensive, but I'm sure that they're willing to do it. I know that other companies are already looking at doing that, using Mars as a jumping off point. That requires manufacturing structure on Mars, because you can't ship everything there. It would be way just way too expensive. So you'd have to ship raw materials, which would be less expensive, and then build the ship and the and the uh, mining equipment there to go out. I think that's what is probably an ultimate plan for countries as well. I don't have any doubt that the United States, China, and Russia have all looked at that 
uh, let's mine Mars if we can, but if not, we use it as a jumping off point because we know there's satellites in the asteroid belt that have that are very large that we can land and sustain life for a short period of time while we're digging it up. I think those are, I think that's probably the the next thing out after we get humans to Mars and set up a base there. Uh, like in the in the show Mars, uh, we both find that show just fascinating. The opening is a little slow because they talk to a lot of scientists about what they're doing and what they expect to occur and that kind of thing. All that knowledge is fed right back into the series, and it's really, really very cool. You need to you need to check it out on Nat Geo. Oh my God, thank that oh, one. We, we had talked about we had talked about um, Mars, the show, and then oh, oh yeah, and that's what I was saying. I, I like how they. Um... I like how the show does the novelization of Mars, us going to Mars um, as a as basically a conglomeration of different countries, Chinese, the Europeans, the United States, um, joining forces to go to Mars um, for the original mission and uh, what it what it what it's going to take to get there. And they talk to the current scientists today, saying, "Here's where we're currently at, and here's where we need to be to go to Mars." And you know, we can't can't go in the next few years, but we're getting there. We're in figuring it all out. So um, it was interesting to see all that. And I like to hear the, the scientists uh, and even like they're talking, Elon Musk was talking um, and uh, all these other scientists from NASA and other parts of the world, you know, different things, um, um, uh, topics of science of going to Mars and what, what issues we're going to face. Like one of the big ones they talked about was fuel. You know, you know, we need, we need a lot of fuel to get to Mars uh, and how big of a ship can we actually make in Earth on earth, you know, you know, to go to Mars and stuff like that. So uh, I think maybe well, instead of launching from earth, we'll probably launch from orbit. Hopefully maybe going up someday, you know, so you don't have to waste all that fuel just getting into earth orbit. So um, figuring all that, but that's all, you know, fuel too, you know, you know, having explosive fuel, you know, launching a fuel tank is probably, <laughs> you know, it's, that's going to be dangerous too. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it's, I, I just saw this on Screen Rant. This is uh, NASA's Mars rover captures breathtaking photo of Martian bridge. Uh, having resolved the complications that arose from the first attempt to gather a Martian rock sample, the Perseverance rover team is moving forward. Having identified what went wrong during the Perseverance rover's first attempt to collect a Martian rock sample, NASA has put together a new set of procedures to make sure the collected samples are stable enough to be examined by the rover. After landing on Mars on February 18, the Perseverance rover's mission on Mars is to look for signs of microbial life on the surface while collecting dozens of rock samples from uh, the planet's surface. Alongside the rover, NASA is also operating the small helicopter Ingenuity. Uh, after performing several flights, the Ingenuity helicopter's last excursion saw the tiny copter capturing images of terrain on the Perseverance path. Uh, using the images captured by Ingenuity, the Perseverance team can map a course for the rover that will allow it to move around dangerous terrain on its mission to collect samples from, from Mars surface. The first attempt to retrieve a sample was not successful because the rock was destroyed when the rover attempted to collect a core sample. So after 12 days of figuring out just what exactly went wrong, NASA has given an update on how the Perseverance team plans to move forward. Uh, moving to Mars, NASA will pay you to live a year in Mars simulation, we have to talk about that because that is very cool. On the Mars yeah. log, the team started to uh, started its first goal moving forward is to collect a more resistant rock. 
uh, for the rover to collect. The team plans to take the rover to a nearby region of Mars named Citadel, which is C-I-T-A-D-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, uh, to find an appropriate sample. While the procedures involving collecting, involved in collecting uh, a sample are the same, the team has added a ground in the loop session where they will review the images of the tube to confirm a usable rock sample was collected before transferring the sample into the rover for processing. If the images show no sample is in the tube, the team can then try to collect another almost immediately. So they're on this and they're working on making it happen. Uh, and I, I am just elated for, for the amount of work that they're getting accomplished uh, up there with ingenuity and, sorry, ingenuity and perseverance. <laughs> in this screen rant, there's also a really, really awesome photo. I'm gonna try and show it to you. The Mars rover captures breathtaking picture and I wanted to show it to you guys. But I'll tell you what, I will, I'll link this and I'll try to screen capture that so I can put it in the, in the description box for you guys. All right, we want to talk about the Mars, the Mars uh, living mission, whatever they got going on I, here. So I got the, I, I, got, I know, do, I think that is awesome. So yeah, so NASA wants you to pretend to live on Mars for science. Uh, if you're healthy and have a master's degree in a STEM discipline, you could pretend to live on Mars for research purposes. NASA is planning a series of three year long analog missions that mimic life on Mars beginning in the fall of 2022. Astronaut substitutes will explore, conduct experiments, and communicate just like real astronauts would on the red planet. Um, so, yeah, so they're looking to, to do that. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't read where. I don't think I've seen it. It's in Texas. They're probably keeping it. They're probably keeping it. Is it in Texas? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> Texas. <laughs> I'm going to read the, the Red Planet. <laughs> uh, the first article I saw. I'm like, uh, Mars doesn't get that warm. Why would you stick people in Texas? But yeah, Mars is like zero degrees is like warm day on Mars. So. <laughs> right. But Texas has the room, so I can kind of see it. And the desert type situation better than yeah. most other states. I think they, they have the the hard packed dirt that you can treat like Mars dirt, I guess. 2017. Yeah. They ran NASA ran analog missions on the side of a volcano in Hawaii. I remember that reading about that too. Yeah, so if you're interested in that, you got a master's degree, you're healthy, a master's degree in a STEM discipline, um, and you're healthy and young, I think they had they even had an age. I didn't see that on this article, but I think they had an age. Uh, uh, yeah, could I, have sound, I want to say age. somewhere in the 30s, mid-30s. But uh, yeah, so it was interesting. That's kind of, so that's what we're doing. And, you know, that's the stepping stone, you know, for a man to go to Mars, you know, the you know living there as well. Um, it's not going to be. I don't think we're going to do like the, the Apollo missions. Like, yeah, okay, we're here. We got to rock. Let's go. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, also, so, uh, also, the thing about that is it's a psychological test as well, because you have to be psychologically stable because you're going to yeah. be in very, very tight spaces with people you don't know, different personalities, different irks. And, yeah, you have to be very, very. Up, you're freezing stable. up a little bit. Submariners would be good choices for this uh, if they had the master degree in other uh, disciplines. Um, notice they left out arts. So there's no, uh, yeah, you're not gonna get a musician or <laughs> um, not in the first few missions, I imagine. But uh, but yeah, I think that's yeah. And they said you have to be in good shape. Plus I'm, I'm yeah, honestly- It's I'm fascinating waiting. to see all this stuff going on. Is this gonna be, this is it, right? So what's, what's it gonna be like, what to expect? Um, yeah, you know, you're right. And as we talked about earlier, like it's hot in Texas, it's cold on Mars. So that's gonna be the thing that 
you know, the other thing that could kill you there too. It's like uh, yeah. it's freezing. So yeah, dry, dry desert, dry frozen desert. <laughs> right. They'll probably have a, you know, air conditioning packs on if they have to go outside, but it, I imagine they're also going to be working on heat packs to keep the soup warm for Mars. But the other thing we need to talk about, we assault. talked about it the first time, um, they made oxygen. It, I mean, it wasn't very so, much. Yeah, made water. Yeah. Yeah. So, so very, but very the oxygen, good. the oxygen was, if they can make oxygen on Mars, it means you don't have to take oxygen either. So that's a good thing too. So right. um, I'll find, find all this stuff out. So, all right. It'll be very, very interesting. I don't know. Everything? I think, cover everything i think we did i think it, but you really got to pay attention because things are happening very very quickly up there and very quickly here on the ground as well on earth um so if you're interested in this it certainly is as interested as we are we really live on these things and so we get to uh really pay attention to it get a lot of information if you have any more any questions or concerns you know you just want to say hey and and what do you guys really look like kind of thing? We're cool with that. We would love to have that. Um, if you have things that you want to point out that we may have missed, absolutely. Leave that in comments. Either one of us are well, definitely not rocket surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not rocket surgeons. Right. But honestly, this is something that is going to be a huge thing in 20 to 40 years. I think it's going to be monstrous. And if I'm still around, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Cannot wait. Yeah, I I hope I hope to live long enough to see man actually like step foot on Mars. That's I really want to see that. I mean, I remember back in '79 with the Enterprise space shuttle, and I remember thinking I want to be an astronaut and I want to go to Mars. And then no, that was like, uh, oh well. <laughs> and, Donovan doesn't, <laughs> and Donovan doesn't say this often, but at 12 years old, he was full grown. So. Yeah, I was like, I suppose a little shorter than I am now. Not much shorter. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, if you like what we're doing, please hit that like button, subscribe, leave a comment. It'll push us up in the algorithms uh, to help us be seen by others. We really do appreciate you who are watching and listening and know that we're just humble that, that you're doing that. We appreciate it. I got nothing else. Donovan? I'm done too, brother. Hey. Good seeing you, man. Good seeing you. Everybody, thank you so much. We both love you. We're both very appreciative. Have a great day. Ciao, guys. Well, I'm Donovan. John's here with us today. Thank you for joining us with the Free Exchange of Ideas, and we'll see you next time on the next show. See ya.